Bonjour, bonne année, happy new year, happy Hogmanay to all you lovely listeners. I may be a bit late in saying all that stuff, but this is the first episode of 2021, so why not? As much as Leon may have wanted us to stop the count at the end of December, we have five more months of French football to sink our teeth into. And with the top of the table so tight at the moment, it is sure to be an enthralling run up to May Let's start the new year with a bang. So I have a full panel with me today with Thomas Wiseman, Philip Bargiel and Eric Devin with me on this one, calling in from three different countries and two different continents. But there's no other place to start than the Trophée des Champions match that was last night at the time of recording. PSG versus Marseille. Mauricio Pochettino looking to get his first trophy of his entire career, actually, after stints at Espanyol, Southampton and Tottenham. He never really managed it, but he comes to Paris three games in and he's walking away with silverware. That's just that's just typical of the Farmers League, isn't it? 2-1, they won. Maro Icardi and Neymar getting the goals despite Payet trying a late comeback from Marseille. But it was too little, too late. Eric Devin, the first win, the first trophy for Marussia Pochettino, his stint, his new era he'll be hoping to build at PSG. What did you make of the performance and, and their handling of the occasion as a whole? I thought it was a, a bit of a damp scrub. I, I, Leon had some decent moments through Tovin. Um, or sorry, Leon. Marseille had some different, different. Uh, that's next year after Leon won the title, right? <laughs> um, uh, no, Marseille had some decent moments through Tovan, and, and there was the goal from Payet. Um, they showed some bite in the first half of the second half, uh, but I think on the whole it was a, a pretty tepid affair. I don't think this is a match that should have been played due to health and consideration, health considerations. Um, Marseille, especially with a, a short, a shortened squad. Um, will not have enjoyed a trip across the entire country. The match was played in Lens. It's about as far away from Marseille as you can get, still be in France. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it was not a great a great evening. And Neymar looked bright and feisty in his uh, sparring with Alvaro uh, once he came on. But, um, yeah, sort of a flat match um, from, P- from PSG. Uh, Mbappe in particular, um, I kind of wonder, you know, this is something we can ex- expand upon, but... You know, if if he is really going to be off in the summer, um, you know, I, I, I feel like he looked he was good in the league uh, at the weekend. but He looked pretty flat in this match. Um, and I think, you know, with him being probably the most, quote unquote, saleable asset that PSG have at the moment, you know, if they're going to bring in, you know, the likes of Sergio Ramos, uh, uh, Aguero. Uh, Messi. Messi. Uh, yeah, it, it, that restructuring of the team, something's got to give, even if we do assume that uh, Angel Di Maria uh, does walk away in the summer as well. Uh, I, I do think we, the team needs to be thinking about restructuring themselves going forward. And, you know, Mbappe is, if, if you look at, you know, what would Neymar with a year left on his contract fetch in the open market? He's turning 29 next month. You know, probably not, not that much. So I, I think we have to look at this as being... Um, Perhaps, uh, you know, I don't want to overblow it too much, but I think it, I think there is something to be said for um, what sort of identity this team are going to take and how they're going to uh, approach things coming back. We know that PSG are a team that's had a lot of issues with clicks in the past. We talk about, uh, you know, for example, uh, Thiago Silva wanting to in- insist upon playing with Lucifone defenders. You know, we saw the likes of Christophe Jalais and Amadou Sacco forced out. Um Due to you know, due to that, we saw um, you know Presnel Kimpembe have a hard time getting into the first team uh, for for a lot of his career because of that as well. 
I think that, you know, if Pochettino wants to avoid that, he needs to be, he needs to be careful because I know what we'll say about, you know, Tuchel being a demanding manager, but I think one thing he did really foster was squad harmony. And I think that that's perhaps going to be missed. And if we see, um, you know, players looking with an eye towards the summer, will they stay, will they go? Uh, I think that's something that could potentially be dangerous, um, you know, particularly as the, um, as the season winds to a close and we do look at the contract situations of players like Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria. So that's when here, you know, they did win the trophy, if, if you want to call it that, obviously it's just kind of like a, a one-match competition, this. Uh, but they did come away with the trophy. But Philip, what do you make of what Eric was saying there? You know, this game kind of seems like the start of maybe a big test for Pochettino. Sometimes I think people who don't watch French football think that you go to the PSG job, you win a couple easy trophies, and then, you know, it's not much of an issue, then you go into your next job after that. But as we know through the last few years and the last few managers that they have had, it is a difficult job you know there's a lot of things to juggle so what do you make of Pochettino's arrival in Paris and what do you think are going to be the main issues for him going forward as he tries to build a bit of a dynasty at the club with an 18-month contract Philip? Uh, From a personal point of view I'm very very happy that uh, he's the new PSG manager because there were very strong rumours about Thiago Motta becoming the uh, the next uh, the next PSG manager so Pochettino is the uh, Ex-PSG defender, uh, that's uh, going back uh, something like twenty something like twenty years ago. Um, knows the club. I think he, yeah, he relatively like likes likes the club. Uh, hasn't played for another for another. Actually, he did play. Actually, he did play for for Baldwin. Then he then he went abroad. Uh, so I'm very pleased, and uh, the uh, overall reception was uh, was very good. What he's going to have to deal with. So um, I, I suppose he was a very physical manager, and um, <laughs> there are a couple of players that are not exactly uh, being very serious with uh, with, with hygiene and uh, and working very hard in uh, in the fitness room. Um, uh, the problem being that those those players are mainly uh, Neymar and Mbappe, so he is probably going to tell. Those two and other players to uh, uh, work harder uh, on uh, on that aspect, and that's probably not going to go down too well. The big issue will be uh, are the players going to moan to uh, to Nasser Al Khelaifi, so the owner, or are they going to accept it? Uh, and uh, moreover, is Nasser going to tell Pochettino, okay, don't touch the superstars, uh, just uh, try and do your job, uh, but uh, don't uh, um, don't give them those types of orders. That's basically what everybody is afraid of. Uh, is Pochettino going to be given 100, 100% control of the squad? Um, and a lot of people are saying probably not. Uh, so it depends. It depends for what how uh, how Elahi deals with uh, that uh, this particular this particular situation. Regarding uh, last night's game, I thought that. It was not great. It was it was not a good watch. It was uh, it was quite yeah quite boring uh, most of the time. Mbappe didn't have a good game. Dimu had a better game than often, which is not saying he had a good game. Virati was played as a second striker. We didn't see him at all. Uh, not really his position. He shouldn't be playing there anymore. 
Uh, Paredes was good. Icardi was good, very good at the um, at uh, on the uh, on the header, the first goal, and his movement, his attitude, everything was was good about him. And that's pretty much it. Marquinhos was ex- exceptional as, as always, and uh, that's it. Marseille didn't play with a striker. Definitely didn't uh, uh, looked extremely negative, and um, yeah, that's it. Nice mm. trophy, but a lot of a lot of players underperformed. Mm. But is this the start of something big at PSG? You know, like we've said there, there are a couple of issues coming up with Mbappe possibly getting out, Neymar getting a bit older, and there's there's quite a lot of aging players here who are, are getting on a little bit. And then we're looking at players coming in who are also kind of older players. You know, if we're looking at, let's look at a best case scenario, you know, Aguero coming in and, and Sergio Ramos coming in and, and, and Messi coming in, you know, it is bolstering quite an older squad, one that doesn't look like anything to me that is part of like a long-term plan. Eric, do you think with this appointment, you know, the big money appointment, Pochettino, if you asked any team who they wanted as a manager at the moment, you would have said Pochettino's pretty much one of, if not one of the top two or three best managers without a job at the moment. So with them appointing Pochettino, saying we might be getting these big players in the summer at the end of their contracts, does it look as if PSG are looking at short-term success they're looking at something that's really going to happen now you know we we had a bit of a build with the with the Tuchel era we almost they almost won the the Champions League but they didn't are PSG now kind of going for a a shorter term success under this new manager and and the players that they could be bringing in Eric I mean you know when are they not if we look at you know even their recent transfer activity I I think we think of the likes of Florenzi on loan Neil Pereira on loan I mean the fact that those are loan deals and they're players that are in their late twenties, um, I think speaks volumes. There have been exceptions. If we if we look at them bringing in Dilo Care, I know he hasn't worked out necessarily, uh, or Abdou Diallo. Um, but again, you know, a lot of their the players they brought in in recent seasons, Eric Maxim Chukmote, I know he's gone now. Uh, Idris Agay, uh, Kaylor Navas, Sergio Rico, uh, Pablo Sarabia. These aren't young players. There there is there is there is and always has been, at least in the QSI era, an era of this urgency, an era, an era of the immediate for PSG. And I don't think that that's anything that we can we can discount. And that short-termism, you know, has been to the detriment of their academy players who we've seen, you know, go off and do well in other places. We think about, uh, you know, the likes of, say, Moussa Diaby for Bayer Leverkusen. Um, you know, the opportunities that haven't been afforded to PSG's younger players uh, has been a source of frustration for those players. And, you know, not all of them have worked out when, when they have departed, but I think that it is something to keep in mind. And I think that that short-termism uh, is problematic. I mean, looking at the team now, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Philip, it's just Kempembe and Dogba that are academy products that, that feature with any regularity. Um, uh-huh. And I think that that, you know, given how many players we, we you know, we constantly hear about, uh, Paris and the Balneo as being this this hotbed of football, and you know what are PSG missing? What what are the players that aren't choosing to join that academy because they see their path to the first team as being perpetually blocked? And I think that is a you know a challenging and frustrating situation that you know Pochettino has sort of made his reputation by you know and again he has developed some older some players that aren't exactly young, but I think by and large he's he's used to dealing with players that don't have a reputation and he's used to having um, a team have a cohesive transfer strategy, you know, or <laughs> in the case of Spurs, you know, in some instances, a lack of a transfer strategy. 
Um, but all kidding aside, I, I think that that short termism is is, go- is going to continue to be an obstacle for the club, and it's continuing to be an obstacle for uh, Pochettino. I know he's used to working with, with limited means, but um, you know he's he's never really been tasked with crowbarring a bunch of superstars into a team. Um, so yeah, it's a it is problematic, and I, I you know I don't I think that he is a, a brilliant manager. And I think that's a great it's a great appointment in terms of his ability but he needs to be given the, the proper tools with which to work. And I don't necessarily see that as being in evidence right now. One of the players who does look as if he could be starting to click under Pochettino and maybe could become a bit of a main man there is, is Mauro Icardi. You know, Mauro Icardi came on loan from Inter Milan, had a pretty solid first spell and then finally got signed on the dotted line and then we never really heard of him for quite a while but now since Pochettino's come in he's had two goals and an assist if you want to see that same output you have to go all the way back to February uh, to see those the same number of goals and assists and whatnot but he's been scoring under the Argentine boss Acario's Argentine himself Thomas do you think that Mario Acardi could start staking a claim for being the main striker now at PSG especially if some other players start to go on the way out you know if Mbappe leaves or or other players leave the club in the next few months? I mean, he should be. In talking about how much PSG did spend on him, which I think it was, was it 50 million euros? Might be even... 45 million pounds, yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's not cheap. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we know how how well uh, Moise Ken's been playing this season, but obviously he's, he's um, just on loan at the moment. So it would be, I mean... I don't. I, I guess it's difficult to see a way that um, Icardi, in some ways, doesn't get back into the team because obviously, like he said, he, he started quite well. Um, and I'm not. I don't know if PSG have started negotiating with Everton over over Kent. I'm I'm probably a bit late on that actually. I don't know 100%. Eric Phillip. I don't know if I've heard any details about that yet. No, not yet. Nothing. Uh, nothing in. Uh... Uh, nothing there. Nothing that mm. I read or heard, at least. Mm. I mean, if if Ken keeps scoring and, and like Eric was saying elsewhere, the the news about Mbappe starts to pick up a bit of steam, then they can't not look at Ken and be like, okay, maybe let's bring you here permanent. You're scoring goals and you're and you're being consistent. We're giving you a chance, and you're kind of repaying repaying as something he probably didn't get at Everton a little bit. You know, he would have to be a target there. Um, but you know, it, it only gives competition to Icardi, I guess, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and I think obviously under a new manager, maybe maybe it does change because we we didn't, we didn't like you said we didn't really hear much of Icardi um, during this season so far. So maybe that's going to change with with Pochettino. And and with this season going forward tonight, I kind of want to just focus on the title race. Obviously, we're pretty much halfway through the season, so I want to concentrate maybe the top of the table. Maybe next week we'll do the the relegation race uh, uh, to kind of focus on the bottom of the table. But right now, I'm, we're going to be looking at PSG, Leon, and Lille later on in the, in the episode. But at the moment, PSG they're not top of the table, which is quite rare for them at any point, let alone just past Christmas. If they start to fall off a little bit more in the title race, have a few more slip-ups like they've already had this season, Eric, could you see them put their priority on Europe as opposed to the league? You know, like, they've won the league pretty much every year for the last 10 or so years. So would it make sense to them with the new manager and, and the players they've still got to just 
forget about the league for one year and go all in on Europe, try and get the Champions League, something they came so close to last season, Eric? I think so, yeah. I think that, um, you know, whatever we take take away from Pochettino's time at, at Spurs, you know, developing the likes of um, Ali and Kane, for example, and, and Eric Dyer, I, I think that... Um, what we have to take away is yes, he didn't he didn't win any trophies there, but I think that the way that they played in that run to the Champions League final was, you know, really what sealed his reputation. We knew he was a good manager and uh, a good developer of talent before that, but I think that ability to um, make Spurs, a, you know, a genuine competitor for uh, for Europe was a was certainly a factor in that. And I think that you know, if you were to say okay, you know, PSG comes second in the league and, you know, end up winning the Champions League. Well, you know, I think it, you, it would be pretty easy to imagine that QSI would, you know, view that as a, as a, positive, a positive outcome um, on the day because I think that, um, you know, it's, that's what the, that's, that to QSI, that to Nasser Halifi is, that's the yardstick. It's, you know, it's it, league titles are at this point a dime a dozen. Um, they, you know, s- s- same with the French Cup, same with same with this competition, the Trophy des Champions. It's about the Champions League. And, um, you know, I, I think if indeed, uh, you know, Mbappe, you know, is, is thinking about departing, you know, perhaps chance to perhaps if the team wins the champions league and there's a there's an eye towards building something at psg you know that that could be even be a way for him to stay and to change the, the team's transfer plans in the summer and to to make this project more sustainable i mean i think this is the thing if we look at you know manchester city is another example of this these these newly money clubs and the way that money comes into them that that sort of short-termism and that sort of immediacy um is something that that is a common thread running through them, um, but also that you know it would be really frightening to see what a club with this sort of money could do if they were to put as much energy focus into developing young talent as they were to bringing in players um, who are more well-established stars. I think that. If you were to operate in those sort of twin poles instead of like, you know, the Monaco philosophy, as it were, of of, of flipping players, as it were, um, I think that you would you could really have you know a genuine juggernaut both domestically and and in Europe. Um, so, I think that's that's what PSG have to answer, you know. And I I do think that um, Pochettino is a step towards sustainability both competitively and financially. Okay, let's move on to one of their league and rivals this season, Olympic Lyonnais. They're currently sitting top of league. And Thomas, Lyon's title bid, talk to me. Could, could this be the year for Ligon? I mean, with Rudy Garcia, you wouldn't think so, but they've been. <laughs> I mean, they've been really. They've, they've trampled over some teams this season and and just knocked them away um, in games. And and I think if you just said. They would be, um, they'd be sending Dembele off on loan. If you told me that, well, I don't know, at the start of the season maybe, I would have been concerned. But 
I think that move in general sort of reflects on where he is where he was in that squad and he just couldn't really get into to the team because of how well the the front three and well, well the front three and, and especially the midfield as well were working so so well together so it is um I, I think fingers crossed maybe that Antonio Lopez doesn't go into berserker mode too often like he usually can do but less said about the better probably Eric, this season, what's been different about them? Everyone keeps telling me about this uh, fantastic midfield that they've been rocking this season. Paqueta, Mendes, Awar. Has that been the key to their success so far? The midfield's been impressive. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think Paqueta has been, you know, I think, I mean, I, I, I'll admit, as an observer of Liga, as a fan of the club, when they signed him, I just said, okay, here we go again. It's it's Janinho and his his bringing the Brazilians, you know, because I think that, you know, well, I mean, let's let's be honest, you know, Paqueta and Bruno aside, I think his transfer record is rather mixed. I mean, John Lucas has gone alone to Brest. I mean, don't get me started on this guy. I just think, you know, it, it would. I think in in looking at, at that, um, you know, Janinho rather pointedly said he needs to grow up. And he does, you know, if you look say at his Instagram, right. I, you know, I, I do this for work. I have to be aware of player social media presences. You know, I think there's more pictures of him running around in a speedo than there are of him in a Leon jersey. You know, whereas most players, no, I, I'm serious. I think that says a lot about his attitude, right? You know, he may be a talented player, but he's he, you know, lacks the focus and lacks the desire to make consistent impact on this team. Um, you know, maybe he's frustrated for opportunities, but you know, that doesn't that doesn't mean you shouldn't bear down and try to improve because I think that we've seen that. Rudy Garcia is not unwilling to give chances to 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 players who to who've shown the effort. I mean, who was Tino Cataware at the beginning of the season, right? And this guy's become a phenom. And and you know, going into that, I think as, as impressive as that midfield has been, as impressive as we, as a, of a renaissance as we've seen from uh, in particular Jago Mendesh, um, who again was another person upon whom the jury was certainly out after a poor first season. Where was he in that final eight run, Mendesh? Um, now he's, you know, a staple of the team, perhaps one of, you know, along with Benjamin Andre and, and Marquinhos when he plays there, you know, one of the best two or three holding midfielders in, in the league. Um, and I think that that that's coming good. So there's, there's not only that fine midfield, but there's a positivity about the way that this team play. They're hungry. They have confidence. I mean, you think about the way that they've come back as well, um, against Ren at the weekend um thinking also uh, you know against Lille they they were away to Lille earlier in the season that was a one one all draw um and they were certainly under the cosh there but they managed to uh, play well with 10 men for a long stretch of time and and play with a sense of belief that wasn't that's not the same team in terms of its mental fortitude that we saw earlier in the season and also I think the inclusion of Toko Okambi and Katawere and these guys just run forever um they track back they make you know they make this team tick. I mean, you know, one, t- you know, you'll see Cataway dropping back to to press his opposite number, press another attacker. You see Toko Kambi doing the same thing. You'll see them switch flanks, and you know, their drive, their willingness to work. You know, okay, yeah, they both miss chances. I, I'm not going to say that either one of them, for example, is as fine a finisher as, Demb- as even Dembele was, but um, the fact that they work so hard means that the quality of their chances is, is going to increase, and. And with that, they're, you know, speaking as we were speaking about before the show, their expected goals will increase. And that's why, you know, Toko Okambi and, and Katawari have had the goal returns they have so far. And, you know, more to the how, point. How, sorry. No, go ahead. 
How did you see uh, Garcia incorporating Slimani? Uh, you know, route one option off the bench. You know, it's it's interesting. I, you know, we, we talk about Tambelli leaving. He had actually played mm. in every single league match in which he was fit. Mm. He, you know, he came on in every match. Um, but I think in Slimani, we have a player who's been in European football for eight years, nine years. He, he, he arrived at Sporting Club uh, from Algeria. I think he's someone who, who has not had a lot of success in terms of trophies won in Europe. And I think that he sees himself as a hard worker, someone who's going to grind and, and create space. You know, you know if, you've, if you've got a defense who's tired of, of chasing shadows with Kataweri and... Um, Toko Akambi all game, and you you bring on Slimani, who's you know gonna have bring hold up play, you know the number of assists he recorded from Monaco last season, for example, uh, who's gonna bring in a, an aerial presence, uh, you know maybe Leon switched to a four two three one this way, say for example with with Memphis playing as more of an orthodox ten and Slimani playing further forward, um, you know I think that's a frightening prospect, and I think that that um, that it, what he is, he's willing to be more of a fulcrum. Um, rather than rather than someone who's on the end of moves, and I think that that gives him a different, totally different aspect to Dembele. Um, so it's it, it. I think it's a it's a good move. Um, you know, you know Dembele. I you know if he does well at Atletico, then the return for him is decent enough. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that Leon have evinced a dynamism, um, and again, it's it's, it's the. It's the, the motivation, the work rate of Toko Akambi and Karawari, and um, the improvement uh, of Mendesh and the, you know, the, the X factor that Paqueta has brought to all of this. Um, and that's, you know, mentioning Awar. I mean, he's, he's not had that great of a season, if you ask me. Uh, I wouldn't say he's been a non-entity, but he's certainly not been, um, you know, the player that people have talked about as, as being the savior of Arsenal, you know, if... if Arsenal fans are out there listening and they're watching. Don't Leon start this again. <laughs> I, I have a track record. No, I, you know, I, I think Alwar is a wonderful player. I just don't think he's been at the level that he was, say, in 1718 where he, or 1819 when he was uh, playing alongside in and the two of them were a really formidable midfield partnership. They're just, it, 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 he's just not um, quite there. I don't know. I want, you know, it could be an issue of space. Um, you know, it, he's, he's, you know, playing that 4-3-3 with um, Toko Akabi and Katawari having such free roles, you know, I think there maybe there's a relationship that needs to be fostered there. Again, if, you know, due to um, Katawari's unfortunate family situation and Toko Akabi only having arrived in January, these, you know, this team has not actually had a lot of time to play together. And that could explain their slow start. You know, Alwar's improved in recent weeks, but I th- there could be more to come for him, from him, frankly. Philip... PSG are usually uh, used to looking over their shoulders and seeing Leon. Now they're looking down, cleaning their boots, and they look up, and, oh, God, Leon are there in front of them. Uh, do you see Leon uh, fizzing out at any point, or do you think they could really be a, a, a prominent title contender all the way till May against the money in the squad of PSG? No, we talked about this after Lyon beat us at the Parc des Princes. I mean, Lyon's big... Uh, um, advantage they have over a lot of sides, well, mainly PSG, because uh, Marseille and Rennes got knocked out of the Champions League of European, uh, of European competition, is that Lyon do not have European games to play. So it's all focused on, on Ligue 1, maybe the Coupe de France, I don't know. 
um, which to, to, to me, a, a bit like the Trophée des Champions shouldn't really be, be taking place this season. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really not, um, uh, have very, very little doubt that uh, you will be uh, <laughs> a nuisance to the, to, the, to the title bid from here until, until May. I think the squad is, is a quality squad in some parts. I, I reckon uh, it's more flexible than ours. I reckon uh, up front there's uh, more flexibility. And uh, they can, yeah, they, uh, Garcia can rotate, and I, I just, yeah, can just see them uh, beating most sides in the in the second half of the season. In France, in France, we have this um, this famous uh, Champion de Turn uh, honorific title, uh, which is basically the uh, it's nothing really. It's not really, it's not a trophy. It's just uh, the side who is top at halfway through. And it's very rare that uh, we are not champion de turn. And Lyon clinched that uh, last um, uh, last midweek uh, by not losing at uh, by not losing at home while we were uh, winning uh, against Press three 0 So it's yeah, it's basically the, the wake up call saying, okay, you are champion de turn. Are they going to be champions? And that's basically uh, the, 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 the major, shall we say, what the, what the media uh, said from, uh, from midweek to today about, okay, what's going to, uh, what's going to, what's going to happen? What's go- uh, are you all going to be serious title, uh, title contenders? I'm saying, I'm saying yes, and I don't see why, uh, and, unless, unless there's a really catastrophic uh, rise in the, of injuries or COVID ca- cases, which can happen. Um, I, I don't see why they can't. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. I mean, we don't have many title uh, title challenges, and uh, this promises to be a very good one. Thomas Wiseman, I'm not going to lie, you hurt me earlier. You were you were speaking, and and you said something about Rudy Garcia that, you know, you just made him out to be a bit of a bum. You know, someone who shouldn't be respected in the game, but a, a top a top competitor in you, French you football. Like coach you guys like coach them, weren't you? Yeah, I had to I had to dodge yeah. my word choice there, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, would you be surprised to know that of the top three teams in Ligue 1 at the moment, Lyon, Lille, PSG, he is the only manager to have ever won a league title? Galti has not won title. Pochettino's sure. not won a title. Sure. Could Garcia be taking sure. them to the title? Is that is that forgot about Claude Puel. Oh wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that your prediction Real for dark horses. To... <laughs> table? you got to watch out for Sanetti in this season, man. Charlavi Char with his one goal in the last like 18 years. He's really going to be <sighs> taking them to the title. <laughs> Thomas, does that make a difference that you won a title 10 years ago or is that just something that pundits sometimes say to try and spark a conversation? I think it's probably more so pundits probably. <laughs> I mean, Garcia's shown in the, in the years since that he he's very capable of absolutely gamming things. So, you know, could, is this going to be the year that they also gamming it again, despite them being top at Christmas? Let's hope not. I'm enjoying it so far. <laughs> OK, let's move on to another one of the competitors for the title this year. The team currently setting third in League Earn, that's Lille. Um, and they're, they're third with 39 points, the same as Paris. And yeah, it was a great first half of the season for Lille. 
But if they kept going at this form, you know, statistically, essentially, if they copied the first half and just pasted it onto the second half of the season, there are very few campaigns going back through the history books that they would win with the amount of points that they would have, if you know what I mean. So looking at that, can you see a team winning the league if they've already drawn six games? You know, do Lille really need to be a bit more cutthroat in some of their games, Thomas? You know, there are some matches where they do slip up and I feel like if you are going to win Ligue 1, you'd really need to show that quality right through from August to May. You can't have too many losses, too many draws. And do you think that might just be a bit of an issue with Lille? Of course, PSG have lost games as well, but they've shown in the last like 10 years that they are quite good at winning this competition, I hear. Yeah, I think I think we're all probably agreed that Leon are the more dangerous side for this this title bid, but um, and especially because Lille are still in a European competition, it, it does it probably distracts them from 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 this being more serious conversation. Um, and also, I, I think we we won't talk about Yilmaz and Yuzishi as much, but. Yilmaz alone has won them quite a few points already just in this half of the season because obviously he scored the, the only goal in there, win against Nîmes and he almost brought back the 2-0 deficit against Angers but just the way he impacts them um, coming on and and sort of I don't, I don't know how you describe it really but just his, his impact on the side um, can really be felt when he's when he's not there, uh, and if you compare it to a, a team like like Leon, there's there's much more danger everywhere. Mm. I mean, I was actually thinking this when I saw the Slomani transfer happen for Leon. You know, a team that's already scoring goals. Slomani surely would have been just the, the the best transfer for Lille at the moment. You know, guaranteed goals. We saw that at Monaco last season. I'm pretty sure when Slomani signed, he scored in his debut. I'm trying to rack my brains here, but but he basically like hit the ground running. If, if I'm pretty sure at Monaco, and this was exactly what Lille needs. Thomas, you know, someone who's just going to guarantee you goals as soon as you put him on the pitch. No, I'm. I'd be, it'd be interesting and well, kind of fun to see how Yilmaz and Slomani work as a pair. That'd be quite fun. <laughs> Battering rams, both <laughs> like Yilmaz is 35, Slomani's what 30, 31 maybe, 31, 32. I don't know, I, I, I may be a bit wrong on that. But yeah, that, that would be a, a fantastic strike force, just absolute, both <laughs> six foot two, just ramming through teams. Um, Eric, for Lille, what's going for them and what could go against them this season in terms of their title race? Obviously, Europe is going to be a big obstacle for them, surely. I think fitness. I think that, you know, we look at the engines of that team. Uh, Jose Fonch, um, I think um, Benjamin Andre, um, you know, Yilmaz as well. I, I think that that uh, Sven Botman, you know, those those players who really make up the spine of that team have stayed fit. Uh, Jonathan Bamba has as well. I think he's been a, you know, a really impressive player this season. And, you know, I'd like to see him, should his form continue, you know, maybe not be in Didier Deschamps' spine for the Euros, but, um, you know, maybe he gets ex- included in the taxi squad or the, the provisional squad or whatever they call it, the 30 players. Uh, ahead of the Euros, um, they have had injuries, though. Uh, I mean, besides from that, they've had you know Sanchez out for a long period of time. Uh, Chelik missed a month. Um, but uh, that being said, you know, given um, that their the squad does you know 
lack a little bit of depth given uh, how many fixtures they've been playing with the Europa League. Um, they've been relatively lucky with that. Um, and I think that, um, you know, an injury to, you know, one of those three aforementioned players, that is Andre, um, Botman and Funch, could really change the, or, or Yomas, could really change the, the uh, context of things. I mean, I know that, um, you know, it's it's not necessarily um, cut, and dr- cut and dry. The injuries happen for don't have for reasons. I mean, it's, it's clear that the fitness team there is doing a good job and that Galtier is also doing a good job in, in rotating players um, as, as best he can. But, you know, when, when Chalik was out, for example, you know, and Jeremy P.A. as well, uh, he was playing Tiago Jallo at right back. Uh, not exactly the best solution. I think that that shows, um, you know, particularly if they do lose some players in, in the winter window, which they're expected to. Bubkari Samari, for example, uh, is someone who's been linked with, with a move uh, to Premier League, um, Lil are under pressure to sell. Um, you know, Butman has been linked with Liverpool, uh, given their crisis center back. I think that you know, if um, you know that squad's chipped away at a little bit, um, I think we could see Lille fall away. Because honestly, for me, I don't see Lille's title challenges being quite quite sustainable as PSG's potentially. But I do think that you know, given how well they played in that first round of the Europa League, that group. Pardon me, group stage rather. Um, I do think that they are a force with which to be reckoned in that competition, um, and you know perhaps Galtier might might fancy you know pressing his luck um, there rather than trying to to balance the grind of the league. I mean, and this is the thing. If we if we look at it this way, you know, Lille are 19 matches from a trophy in, in Ligue 1, but uh, math, they're nine matches from a trophy in the Europa League. Uh, right for double-legged ties in a final. Um, should they progress? So, you know, perhaps I think you know he he would have been encouraged by uh, the results they put in. You know, handing Milan their their biggest ever home defeat in Europe, for example, um, and want to try to build on that. Philip, do you think just Lille have a bit too many things going against them than for them this season? You know, like like Eric was saying there, Europe's obviously going to be an issue, fitness is going to be an issue. And even if you look at their last number of matches, they haven't been the most encouraging. You know, a 1-0 scraped win over Nîmes, thanks to a Burak Yilmaz goal, a 3-1 win over Montpellier, yeah, but you never really want to be taking a game that late. Another Yilmaz goal, a winner in the 86th minute, and obviously a, a defeat to uh, Thomas Wiseman's Angers, Romain Thomas, showing them uh, the, the ring around Thomas, of course. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's not the most confident of results going into the second half of the season. Do, are Lille, do you see Lille possibly falling away in this title race? Pot- potentially Marseille, who do have two games in hand, taking that place and, and giving the other teams going for this title uh, a good fight, Philip? I think... Uh, generally, Liga sides have become a bit wary of Lille because they played uh, some very good football at the start. They played 4-4-2. They have a go- uh, very good mission when everyone's fit with Renato Sanchez, with André. They have Bamba. They have uh, uh, the other Turk, not Yilmaz, uh, y- Yezici. Uh, they have uh, Yilmaz up front, Jonathan David, who hasn't been, uh, who hasn't been, you know, scoring goals left, right, and centre. But uh, she's coming, coming around, not uh, doing, doing a couple of good games. And I think a lot of sides have been playing defensively against Lille. 
Uh, not saying that they will play uh, as defensively as against PSG or, or against Lyon, but they have been playing um, been playing defensively. So I think that's a lot to do with it, and also that uh, Christophe Galtier's side have played a lot of games in 2020. They had a very, in an sorry an extremely successful uh, European campaign in, in the uh, Europa League, winning uh, winning at the San Siro. And uh, yes, so first of all, uh, Salzburg are playing defensively, and second of all, Lille, uh, you know, games are assigned to, to take their toll. I think that Lille will be, I mean, absolutely ecstatic with a top three finish. I don't think that they're thinking, okay, let's try and win the league. They're thinking, okay, let's try and stay in the top three. And uh, if uh, European football demands too much physical effort, to, demands too many games, it's just too much work, we'll just bow out to. Whoever whoever's in front of us doesn't really matter. This is how I see it. This is how I see the second half of the season panning out because I think uh, with uh, what's been going on off the pitch, uh, a Champions League Champions League money in twenty one twenty two is just uh, <laughs> too good to turn down. Yeah, I think looking at this year and how the table sits at the moment, one thing we can be confident of is is this is going to be a different from the rest. You know, with the matches between the teams being so tight, I, I believe um, Leon and Lille drew, it, Leon and PSG drew, Lille beat Leon one nil. I may be a bit messy with those results, but you know they have been quite tight between those teams so far. Obviously, Marseille are also quite dark horses, two games in hand. Them currently sitting on two uh, thirty-two points. They beat PSG one nil as well, of course. And also, if we look at the last few seasons, the winners of Ligue 1 very rarely lose more than five games. You know, and, and usually it's actually just three games that they lose of the last few seasons. Paris have already, have already lost four whereas Lille, Lyon and Marseille, who have played two games less, have lost three games, two games and one. So we do know it's going to be quite a tight season, if anything. Just before we wrap up, I want your short predictions that we're going to come back to in May to see how right or wrong we were. In a word, Thomas Wiseman, who, or a word or a few, who do you think is going to win the title? Who do you see actually coming out on top in May, and we'll come back to this. Uh, so th- this is getting recorded. If you didn't know about that, <laughs> uh, we will come back to it then, Thomas. Uh, breast. No. Um... <laughs> Get attached your body. Eh? <laughs> um. Oh, I think it's just that. Because there's that... issues, you know. You yeah. know, Leon are, are great at the moment, but we've seen Leon, we've seen Leon fall away in the past, you know. And and PSG are the dark horses, but they just got uh, our not leading at the moment, but they just got a great manager and they've obviously got a sixth squad. So, you know, th- th- there's a lot of things to juggle here. I'm going to be an optimist and say, say Leon. I love it. I love it. I love it. I know exactly <laughs> who Eric's going to say. I know who Eric's going to want to say. Eric, take the floor, please. <laughs> um, I... I'm going to say PSG and, and because I think that uh, Leon are an injury away from mm-hmm. uh, a key injury. It's, I mean, some of these players, Dubois, right, uh, you know, uh, had to come off. I don't I, I, I think his absence, I think Jacilio is not up to it, for example. Lopez, um, uh, Denaire, Memphis, um, I think if you took any of those players out for, say, a stretch of 
four to six matches, I think that that could really undo the team. I'm thinking back to that 14-15 season um, when they had that team that was largely academy players, uh, Tolisso, Lacazette, Gonalon, Titi, um, Jordan Ferry, um, Clinton Elgy. That team was in first place into February, I believe, uh, but then Lacazette missed a month with a back injury, and and there's and there's your challenge gone. Um, I, I worry about a reprise of that, so that's why I, I would say, unfortunately, PSG. I think that there's just too many players in this team that are not irreplaceable, but I don't think that Leon have um, have the the backups that can allow mm-hmm. that would allow them to maintain that level of consistency uh, were any of those to be injured. So what you're saying is you don't see Jamel Ben Larmi. Uh, turning into a, a key part of their title race. I loved his cameo. I, I can't remember who that was against. He played 15 <laughs> minutes and just was a was an absolute madman. Uh, but I think it was only... Lille, wasn't it? It was yeah, Lille. Yeah, because think, they, yeah. they were playing with 10 men. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know how sustainable that is over 90 minutes. We'll just, <laughs> just say that. Philip, Philip finishes off. Who, who do you see winning the title? Uh-huh. I'm going to say Lyon. Oh, so the, t- yeah, the two go- fans are going against each other. They're actually yeah, on the yeah, opposite. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Lyon because of Europe, because of this and that, and uh, uh, basically, yeah, to, to spice things up. And uh, usually when we do have a title contender, we don't win the title. So <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Uh, I- I'm gonna go. This is going to be fun to review. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be awful to look back at in a few months. Very varied answers. I'm gonna say. Uh, I mean, I feel like whenever we do these predictions or, or results or anything, I'm usually the guy who likes to go for the other one, the one that people aren't shouting about. But I, I don't know about this year because there are obstacles sitting for every team. Lille, if they do just concentrate on Europe. It's gonna it's gonna be an issue, you know. We see that year in year out. PSG have got the money. Leon have got the team at the moment, but we don't know how that's gonna turn out. You know, if you look at some of Leon's games earlier on in the season, they were drawn with Bordeaux, they were drawn with Nîmes, they were drawn with Lorient, uh, which isn't exactly title form. But I'm gonna try and be an optimist, and I'm gonna say Leal. I think Yusuf Yuzici, man, he's just gonna turn it on second half of the season. My Turkish god. He's going to be hitting them in top corner, bottom corner, right, left, everyone. I think so. I think he's got a big, a big uh, second half of the season to come. We've seen it in Sparks, we saw it in the Europa League, but I think he could really start kicking on. Uh, and if some of the younger guys that they signed that haven't really started kicking on yet start to come through, who was the guy they signed from him? Boy, they signed from Marseille, striker, everyone kind of wanted a bit of him. Yeah, Lahadji. Maybe if he starts clicking on, Timothy Weah has shown a bit of quality, <clears throat> quality in and out, and other players coming back in the team. Let's go, Lille. Come on, sack it. It's a good laugh. Let, let's see, Lille. Christoph Galti is my is my king, so I'm going to go for him. Uh, <laughs> and I think with that, I'm going to wrap up the podcast. If you're looking for more information on all things French football in English, you can catch us on the website at getfootballnewsfrance.com. You can also find us on Twitter, getting all the hate at GFFN. I've been joined by Thomas Wiseman, Philip Bargiel and Eric Devin. I've been Lewis McParlin, and I do hope you have a lovely week, no matter the obstacles. Bye for now.